Shannon, what surprised you last year? <sighs> what surprised me? Uh, learning new languages. <laughs> I didn't think that that was something I was going to do. I honestly thought that I would. <laughs> I know. But it just like- Every year you say that. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living, and learning languages. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 203 with me, Kirsten Cable, where I talk about everything and anything interesting from the world of learning another language. And I've got my first guest of 2021, which was also my first guest of 2020 and my first guest of 2019. It is the wonderful Shannon Kennedy. Hey, Shannon. Hey, Kirsten. Hey. Thanks for having me again. It's lovely to have you back on the show. It's always really, really fun. And for listeners who don't know Shannon, Shannon is a language learner a good start isn't it <laughs> from california <laughs> who also works with the fluent in three months team she works with the drops team drops is a language learning app that helps you practice lots of vocabulary shannon's also got her own thing on the go is really interesting we'll talk about that a bit more she has a family and somehow manages to fit in languages all around all of that it's crazy oh and you're a professional musician Yes, and I'm one of the co-founders of Women in Language. Heck yeah, as am I. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so we also do an online conference together called Women in Language, which, just in case you're wondering, is back from the 4th to the 7th of March this year. So get your pencils out, mark your diaries. Women in Language is coming back. Woo! And Shannon, today we are going to we'll have a sort of fireside chat traditional episode we've done this a few times a year and i just always really enjoy it it's uh, just your review of 2020 before we get into that quick note from our sponsor slash me which is to remind you all that the language habit toolkit is currently open for enrollment and if you've not heard of the language habit toolkit before it's my comprehensive online course designed to help you build a productive language learning routine and it is for people who are learning solo, for people who are learning any language at all, doesn't matter what method you're using or whether you like to do flashcards or anything like that. What I've tried to build for you is something that helps you build your hub, your language learning hub, where everything comes together and you learn how to build that routine, plan, track and review. And there's worksheets in there that help you go through every single step and you can complete them anywhere you go. And I've got real life samples in there from language learners at various different stages. So you can see what a productive language learning goal looks like. So if you've been struggling with motivation, with goal setting, with getting organized, you feel like you can never find the time. This is going to help you organize and set out your study routine and keep you going month after month. It is at fluentlanguage.co.uk slash language dash habit dash toolkit. I know that's not a very good URL, so you just head over to the show notes, fluent.show slash 203, much nicer, gives you all the links that we'll talk about today, gives you the show notes, gives you a lovely profile of Shannon, and of course, a link to the Language Habit Toolkit. That's that. And if you need a uh, 
the outside opinion on Kirsten's courses. I've taken several of her courses and she is a fabulous teacher. She's really thorough. She approaches things from a unique perspective and it's definitely worth checking out. So please do go ahead, visit the show notes and uh, learn some more about Kirsten's language habit toolkit. Do it. That's it. Did not tell her to say this. <laughs> now, you Shannon. You can pay me afterwards. Yeah, well, we've, we're nearly done talking about <laughs> me. <laughs> Let's talk about you. First of all, how are you finding yourself in this first week? Are we still in, the, in these first 10 days of 2021? Uh, I am trying to ignore everything that's going on in the outside world because it's crazy land mm. right now. Um, but. As far as my personal language learning routine and everything, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm excited for the new year. I'm starting a new language and um, not sure if I'm going to stick with it. This is actually kind of a bit of a dabble for me, which is not usual. I'm definitely more of a commit to my languages sort of learner. So it's going to be an interesting year, I think. Mm. Definitely want to come back to not just a new language, but looking ahead to what you're planning to do in the year. Uh, let's start by talking about the year that has just been. Obviously, 2020, we could talk about 6 million different things. And I think we will, but let's, <laughs> let's start with how would you sum up your year in languages? So 2020 was a surprisingly great year for me in languages. Um, I have to say that after some of the stuff that I went through in the years prior, it was really the first year that I started to get into a strong routine and have a ton of consistency. Um, I love stats. We can talk about this as well. And one of the things that I do is I use an app to keep track of how often I'm studying and not just studying languages, but I use it for working out and other habits that I kind of want to keep track of. And I was hitting, like, for example, on Memorize, I hit a 200-day streak for Croatian um, when the new year happens. And uh, I was in the hundreds for several other languages. I'm studying my important languages almost every single day. I've been taking lessons in my important languages almost every single week. I have been getting back into course book study. I've been learning with Link. I've been um, sharing Chinese with the kids and getting a great routine down for them as well. And so I just feel like 2020 has been a pretty amazing language year. So you've mentioned Croatian, you've mentioned Chinese. Let's ask what are your main target languages, your focus languages? Okay. So my main focus languages for 2020 were Persian, which was my new language for 2020. Wow. Uh, Croatian, Hungarian, Russian, and Japanese. I did continue studying. I, I started Hebrew at the beginning of the year because I was supposed to go to Tel Aviv before all the shutdowns happened. So Hebrew was a new language for me in this last year. Um, I took a break from it when I started studying Persian uh, because they have some similarities-ish. Um, and I didn't want to have any confusion. And Hebrew was still a relatively new enough language for me that there would have been. I do plan to go back to Hebrew. It's a language that I really enjoyed and one that I always had wanted to learn and never thought that I was going to. So I surprised myself a bit by starting it in 2020. I was really happy about it. And so I don't want to let it go, but I just needed to take a break from it to focus on Persian. Um, so those were two new languages for me. Um, and then 
other than that, uh, I think Japanese was the last one that I didn't mention that was a focus language for me this year. Did you have, okay, so I know, I know you as definitely like Mrs. Croatian, uh, which is, which is a language where you're quite advanced and Russian, I know you've had for a few years as well and Japanese as well. So Hungarian was kind of your not quite new, but I'm settling in language. How did that go? Hungarian is going well. Actually, I feel like, and I've told my teachers a couple times, they haven't disagreed with me, but I feel like my Hungarian is actually catching up to my Croatian. Wow. And um, wow. so one of the things that I really wanted to focus on for this year, because I have a lot of languages that like to sit in like intermediate, advanced intermediate lands, because I get to a point where I'm comfortable in them. And there's not a huge motivation for me to push them past that. Um, Russian, Croatian, Japanese, they're all examples of those languages. And so this year, what my focus was, was to start working on those little mistakes that I just kind of ignore because they don't impede my ability to communicate and, uh, sitting down, focusing on grammar, focusing on my pronunciation, focusing on using phrases that would be more native than like me translating things from English. So that's been kind of what I've been working on this year with those languages. And Croatian falls in that category too, even though it's one of my better languages, there's still a lot that I kind of do to get by in Croatian, not to, you know, paraphrase my own course, <laughs> but, um, I, you know, and I'm sure you know this too, Kirsten, as you know, you've learned several languages that you get to a certain point where you can do everything that you need to do. Um, you still make mistakes. You still don't know things. You still forget words, but you can do enough well in the language that you just kind of let it go, like let things go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good one actually to mention because we often, um, in our work and for me, when I do coaching, I often speak to people who are, who are at earlier stages of language learning or who are who are just reaching that stage that, that we often refer to as the intermediate plateau. And I think often it's not even the intermediate plateau. It's like the late beginner plateau, which is where you, you're not at that stage yet where you've become, you've made friends or you've, you've become comfortable with all of the mistakes and you can see that there's more non-mistake content than mistake content in, in all of your language. But you're at a stage where you're, you're quite worried still about making all those mistakes and you're quite worried because it, it feels like communication breakdown. And I think having this attitude of, I'll just let it go. Even if you're making 80% mistakes, just still be like, it's part of learning. Let's just, just let it whatever. I think that's a great attitude to have. And it's, it's more productive for progress than if you were to try and iron everything out right from the start. Yeah, I think for me, this is actually a mindset that I've taken over from music because, as you know, I studied music all the way through my master's degree and you get to a pretty high level, I'd like to think, in doing that. And it, when it came down to it, because you can do so many things and you know so much, it gets to the point that you almost don't know what to practice because you don't really know for sure what you need to do to make better. It's like, yes, you mm -hmm. can practice a piece of music and learn that piece of music, or yes, you can, you know, focus on a new skill, like maybe a different genre or maybe, 
I don't know. There's, there's different things that you can work on, but when it comes to your actual technical ability on your instrument, um, it's sometimes difficult to kind of figure out what you can do to improve. So what I got into the habit of doing is, uh, keeping a music journal and my teacher would have me write down like what, how much I practice, what I worked on that practice session, any questions that came up while I was practicing, anything I noticed about my playing that needed improvement. And so it would be really specific things. Like I probably a lot of people here aren't musicians, but it would be like, Oh, I need to work on my articulation when I play my skills. Um, when I, tongued, not flirted at this tempo, which means that this is something that I can't do probably in other contexts as well. And I carry that over to music or language. And so one of the things that I do is as I'm learning, I kind of make mental notes of things that I notice that, huh, mm-hmm. I don't know this grammar structure or, huh, I don't, I keep forgetting like this particular type of vocabulary or I don't know how to talk about this thing yet. Um, and so, for example, something that came up in Hungarian is I can get by in a lot of conversations about a lot of different things, but my teacher asked me what certain people's personalities were like. And I realized I had no idea how to say things like they're quiet, they're, I knew how to say introverted and extroverted because it's very similar to in English, but um, things like, oh, this person is quiet or this person is outgoing or this person is this. And I realized I didn't have any of that vocabulary. So it was something that it's like, okay, I can make a mental note to start thinking about like common character traits and learn the vocabulary for that because it's not something that I know. And, uh, so just like keeping a little list and when we get into tools, I'll talk about the tools that I use to do this. Um, because I think that that could be very useful, but uh, really starting to pay attention to the little errors, pay attention to the little gaps in my knowledge and start to fill and fix them. And when you're at that intermediate level, it's not that I care that I'm making those mistakes, but it's about becoming more aware of what those mistakes are. Um, because sometimes it's, it's really easy to not even know what they are because you're able to get by so well, mm-hmm. um, that, figuring out where those gaps and where those little mistakes are can be difficult because you can, you know, circumlocute or get around certain things or change the subject to avoid talking about something that you don't know. But at the stage for me, it's like, okay, I don't want to change the subject to talk about something that I can talk about. I want to, you know, feel the growing pains and, you know, have these experiences where I'm learning something that I don't already know how to do. Mm, that's a great way of describing it as well to say like you want to feel the growing pains yeah it, they are growing pains for sure because you're uncomfortable because you're in new territory and whenever I feel like when you know you're growing when you know you're improving when you know you're taking that next step mm-hmm. it's going to feel a little bit uncomfortable and like growing pains aren't actually pains they're like discomfort if you remember at all from feeling them as a child and they're they're pretty uncomfortable but they're not like the same as like cutting your finger with a knife or falling and like scraping your knee those that's a pain and so it's the same with language like we say growing pains but it's really just a growing discomfort mm-hmm mm-hmm that's how I feel most Thursday nights when I'm in my Welsh class. <laughs> like, oh God, sort of, my brain hurts, and there's a part of me that's like, "But I've been saying it this way for years, and everybody's fine. Do I have to, like, do I have to get better?" But obviously, yeah. I mean, it, it's not. Do I have to? It's do I want to? Mm. Yes, for sure. Mm. And those fossilized errors are hard to fix because, you know, you've dug your, let's say, imagine you're digging a trench around your language knowledge and 
you know, you started digging this trench and there's a hole in the ground. And when you realize that that hole is going in the wrong direction or that trench, that line that you've dug is going in the wrong direction, in order to correct it, you have to refill the hole that you've already made and start digging a new one. So it's almost like you're doing triple the work whenever you have these fossilized errors because you made the initial path, mm-hmm. you have to fill that path and then start the new path. And so there's a lot of resistance into making those sorts of corrections into, you know, forging that correct path. And so we have a tendency to be like, ah, it's okay. I don't, I don't need to worry about this. I get by with this. It's okay. And like I was saying before, you know, there's, when we get to this stage, there's just not a lot of motivation because it's okay. And, you know, if that's okay for you, that's okay for you. But for me, um, I just, I think I just really wanted to push past this and not be so, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for where uh, I can't think of it, but, um, you know, not stay where I am. I want, I want to go get to the next level with these really important languages for me. Yeah. It reminds me, okay, this is the worst analogy, but maybe not. It reminds me of this feeling that I had over the Christmas period because I reorganized my kitchen, which meant every single thing that was in the cupboards, I took it all out, put it all on the floor. And in the middle of it, I had kitchen disaster zone, right? I had an absolute chaos. And then I had to find a new place to put everything. And I'm like there with the post-its going, okay, this is pantry cereal and this is this and this doesn't quite fit here. And I'm swearing and it's all taking a lot longer than I wanted it to. But now, every time I open the cupboard with the like olive oil in, I'm like, this is a good cupboard. This makes sense. And before the olive oil was like in the wrong place and it was always just a little bit, I go, bye, of course. But it was just a little bit frustrating. And now I'm kind I of over it. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> those organization projects are my favorite. I love doing those. So it's so much fun that you did that. Well, I mean, you can come around my house anytime and organize things, <laughs> including my language life. Okay. Gladly. Let- <laughs> just let me know one. <laughs> so observe and analyze, I think, is, is really, really important here as well. There's a... For listeners, because I've already mentioned the Language Habit Toolkit, there is a worksheet specific in the Language Habit Toolkit. And one of the spaces that it gives you, it's a tracker. So you can use it all month long and it's a very speedy tracker. Uh, so you don't go into massive amounts of detail. But one of the spaces it gives you on that particular one is, here is some stuff that I want to look up later. Because this happens all the time. This really happens all the time that like exactly what Shannon describes, you realize there's this little thing that you're getting stuck on and you want to go a little bit further. So just a reminder, the language I would talk it. Yay. Now, Shannon, a question that I always really like to ask you is what changed in your life and in your languages in 2020? In my life, I moved, which mm. is always a big ordeal. Um, I stopped traveling, which is another huge thing because for me, a lot of the time travel is kind of my reward for learning languages. Mm. And I didn't have the opportunity to do that this year. Um, in the same way that I would have in the past, I guess. Um, I did do a couple of road trips, uh, social distancing road trips. <laughs> so um, I wouldn't say I didn't completely not travel, but um, I definitely stayed within the U.S. Uh, so those were two big changes for me. Um, one was obviously something that took time, took adjustments to routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one was just losing that reward. And as a language learner, having motivation and having rewards and having something that you're aiming towards 
is really important. And for me, that has always kind of been like a trip to the place that speaks the language. And for example, I was learning Hebrew this year and I was supposed to go to Tel Aviv and it was like literally right when everything was shutting down. And I just made the decision because I have kids not to go because I didn't want to get stuck and I didn't want to take any risks and bring anything back with my kids, you know, and then also, you know, family who's older and more susceptible. And then you know, I was, we, as a family, we had planned to go to Japan this year, which would have been my first year going to Japan after having learned Japanese for several years. And again, that didn't happen. So it was kind of like a bit frustrating because those sorts of trips are just, you know, that's my kind of payoff for investing the time in these languages. And I lost that. Mm -hmm. So having to figure something else out to keep me motivated and, uh, for me, I mean, I've probably said this on the podcast before, but I don't like relying on motivation. Like that is not my thing because I know, especially from having been a professional musician and being a composer, especially like if I wait to write songs when I'm feeling motivated, I will never write music. I have to just sit down in front of my piano and start messing around and, you know, I'll probably have several ideas that are absolutely terrible, but eventually something will click and come together. And then I've got something that I'm proud of, but I still have like those, however many songs that just kind of go in this file that it's like, maybe one day I'll listen to these to see if they're usable again, but they're definitely not usable today. And the same is true for language learning. If I waited to study until I felt motivated. I probably never study. So for me, what I rely on more are systems and discipline and habits. And that keeps me showing up every single day because I'm not showing up because I feel motivated to do so. I show up because I know I need to do the work and that if I do the work, it's like the same with that song. Like if I don't sit down and write those five bad songs, I'm not going to have that one good song. That's like, yeah, now I'm motivated about music again because I just wrote this awesome song. Uh, same is true with languages. If I don't sit down and do that work every single day, I'm not going to show up to a lesson and be like, wow, I just had an incredible one hour conversation in Hungarian without ever needing to switch to English kind of thing. So, um, I know that I get rewarded with these little motivational moments if I do the work and have the discipline. So really reminding myself of that and switching back to focusing on that as what I do in losing like my reward motivation has been really important for me this year, which is again, I'll mention the stats saying why that has become such a prominent part of my language learning this year. Mm. So it's interesting that you mentioned that and you mentioned moving house because moving house, how did you cope with it settling or unsettling your routine? Uh, so moving house, uh, that happened in kind of like the end of the first half of the year. So um, I moved to a completely different area. Um, it meant things with the, my son were a little bit farther. So there's a little bit more driving involved for me. Um, it, it meant a lot of different changes in my day-to-day routine. And so there were adjustments there that I needed to make. But one of the things is, um, my previous job, I had a commute and it was about an hour 
each way. And so I had a lot of listening time in the car for podcasts and things like that. And when I started working from home, I lost that listening time. And I had a hard time figuring out when I would get to do that listening because for me, it was like really tied to the car. And now since the move, I've been able to incorporate more listening back in because again, I'm spending a little bit more time in the car. Um, you know, and that, that's given me that back. So looking at it that way is saying, it's like, oh, I've got this back and making sure that I retie that listening habit to being in the car. And also it's awesome doing it in the car with my son because I may be studying, I don't know, Hindi or something, for example, and he's in the back repeating as well. And I don't, it's, it's just adorable because he, he sees me do it and you know, kids, they model you. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how much of each of these languages he actually kind of has an ear for and picks up in the, in the, future. But, um, other than that, like just getting used to a new place, getting used to like a new setup, getting used to, um, all of those sorts of things has, I, there was an adjustment period and it took me a little bit of time, but I feel like I've settled in and, you know, I have, you know, I was part of the move, I got a new desk. And so like, there's actually like a shelf on the desk where I'm able to put like the books that I'm actively using. So they're right there, mm -hmm. you know, right over my shoulder. They're easy to access. I'm not pulling them out of like my massive bookshelf or leaving them in a pile on my desk. I feel a lot more organized and a lot more at home with where everything is. And, um, so it's, it's, it's helped me a lot as well. It just, it, you know, it took a little bit of time to get to that place where I felt like everything was where it needed to be. And I felt comfortable and I felt, um, I don't know, uh, like I was ready to for that step, I guess. Can I ask you something, which is something that I struggle sure. with and which I think is why I don't really organize myself in anywhere near the same way. <laughs> well, it's partly because I just, I don't know, organization is not, doesn't come easy. Um, what do you do on days where you just, you just can't? Even if you were to, do you just, do you say, look, it's turning up that matters And you just, you don't concern yourself with that so much? Do you just, you know, if, if you do something at a quarter of your best, it's still good? Or how do you, how do you cope with a day where you just, you just can't? Mm. So on days where I just can't, I will cut myself a break, but I don't like totally take the day off. Um, I will cut back on and like, I won't do a course book work. I won't do audio podcasts. Uh, if I have a lesson, I will probably show up to that because, uh, I use italki and if I cancel my lessons, I still like have to pay the teacher and I feel pretty bad about that. So like that monetary accountability, I guess. Um, but what I will do is I will do the bare minimum. So for me, I've kind of settled on completing memorize every single day as my bare minimum. Mm. And it can take me five minutes to do like a single language. So it's not a huge, huge investment. But like for me, like I just want to do that one thing. And sometimes that kind of gets me into it and I can do other things. But other times that's literally all that I do. But at least I feel like I've done something, even if it's tiny. It doesn't make me feel so guilty for not having done the bigger things. Mm. That's a great tip. Sort of figure out your bare minimum. Figure out your absolute bare minimum because you can always do a little bit. And I've I've often found if I 
sit down, set myself a timer with this whatever wretched book that I've built up to be far too hard for me in my head. And then I sit down and I start and I say, okay, I'm just going to do it until this timer runs down to 10 minutes. The 10 minutes are over and I'm there restarting the timer and doing another 10. It happens so, so quickly. So it's it's a good reminder that bare minimum. Thank you for that. I'm going to, I'm going to take that with me. <laughs> so Shannon, next I question. Also, oh, go ahead. I also like the timer idea because that's something else that I've struggled with. Um, not with language learning, but sometimes there's like tasks, like for example, I'm pretty sure a lot of us read digital minimalism this year. And I realized that, uh, between like music files and language files, like I just literally, my digital space is cluttered. <laughs> and especially as a minimalist, that really bothered me. So I wanted to kind of go through everything and organize it all and get it sorted. But we're talking about like terabytes of files. Mm -hmm. And it just seemed like this big insurmountable task. And I was like, initially I had it as, you know, get your storage drive organized, but that's like huge. And that's like a week, like weeks and weeks of work going through everything, seeing what I actually needed, seeing what's duplicated, making sure it's all in the right place. Cause I'm not always great at like putting things into the right folder at the moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm trying to get better about that. So I don't have to deal with it later. Cause I'm finding Doing it, taking that little bit of extra time to do it now saves actually more time later. But um, what I did is the same thing, the timer method. So rather than saying like, I need to like on my to-do list, it's complete this task. I stopped thinking complete this task or complete this chapter or complete this thing. Instead, it's organize your files for 10 minutes a day, just 10 minutes a day. You don't even have to completely organize a single fo folder. Uh, sometimes you may organize multiple folders in that 10 minutes, but just do the 10 minutes and it doesn't matter where you're at. Once that 10 minutes is up, up just do the 10 minutes because you're making progress ultimately towards that complete item on your checklist. Mm, that's a great tip. And really, what a great mindset switcher to say, I don't need to complete this because I think a lot of us get hung up on the completion and it makes mm -hmm. tasks feel almost insurmountable. So I oh, love it. Good one. Let me move on to the next question so we can fit them all in. What lessons do you think you learned from the year 2020? Uh, we'll be able to fit this one in because I think I've kind of mentioned them all. One is uh, to really rely on my discipline and not motivation because what was my key motivator I lost this year. So really focusing on the day-to-day -day habit uh, to break things into time as opposed to completion and me for me as a completionist like this has been something that I've really struggled with um but being a mom has kind of taught me to be okay with not completing things because with kids you're constantly interrupted and I can't always say wait until I finish this task sometimes I just need to like be able to step away mm -hmm. go do something else and come back and then also finding my bare minimum so that that way I don't feel discouraged for not doing the big thing. I can still feel like, okay, well, I still made contact with my language today. It was still a good day because I still did what I decided was the minimum. I love each and every one of these lessons. So listeners, if you're listening to this, just uh, skip back 30 seconds and listen to those again. They're amazing. Shannon, what surprised <laughs> you last year? What surprised me? Uh, learning new languages. <laughs> I didn't think that that was something I was going to do. Every I year you say that. that I, would, I know, <laughs> but it's just like, 
I thought I was going to stop at eight and here I am at number 15 and it's just, I don't know. Like I keep thinking like, okay, this is the last one. I'm not going to do anymore. And then it's like, oh, Norwegian. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I guess that's surprising because it's, it's, there's a, even though all the discipline and the minimalism and stuff, there's certain things you can't resist, huh? The temptation is strong. Yes. And every year you surprise yourself again. You're picking up more. <laughs> Next year you'll be like, so what surprised you about 2021, Shannon? And I'll be like, new languages. <laughs> yes. I'll be like, so, hey, Shannon, how was your 2027? Oh, I just learned my 107th language. I just <laughs> I just thought it was, I, I mean, I thought I was done at 99. And it's, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> which is fair enough just like you pay attention this year and come up with something new for next year true yes that's it next year you'll be like oh i'm done with languages i'm now a programmer (laughs) (laughs) next question which kind of moves on from this but you don't have to uh, change anything really but what will you change going forward if anything Hmm. good question um I, i mean for 2021 i think one of my really big focuses is I would love it if we were a truly OPOL household. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this next year, I really want to focus on the habits and routines we've set up for the kids with Chinese and start to incorporate it more and more and more. Um, I don't think we'll be an OPOL by the end of the year because we do have an older child where there's a little bit more resistance and transition that needs to happen for her to feel as confident speaking solely in Chinese. Mm -hmm. But, um, I definitely want to keep heading in that direction. So, um, I think that that's one thing that's going to change is I think a lot of my language studies this year are going to be less focused on me and more focused on us. And you're talking about, so OPOL, one parent, one language, you're talking about Chinese in particular? You would switch yes, to Chinese with I, your child? Yeah, I, but yeah, with my kids, yes. Yeah, with your kids. And how do you, do you think it'll be an extra challenge to do that as a non-Chinese native or are you feeling fairly confident? This is something that I've thought a lot about and I've done a lot of research and there are people who are concerned that, you know, my accent or my this or my mistakes will get passed on to the kids. But I found that as long as they're having extra third-party sources so the kids do have a Chinese tutor they do watch lots of Chinese television so they have native input sources as well that is not something that you really need to worry about because they'll actually start correcting you when you make Mm -hmm. mistakes and uh, I had this experience when I was a French language babysitter for uh, some young kids and they would correct me so I know it's something that happens and um i'm not so i'm not very very worried about it and as long as they continue to have other sources other than me as a sole source they'll be fine i like that and it's it's a confident way of going forward and makes me think like with all of our language learning and everything we work on, you know, language learning so often. One of the reasons I love talking about it is because it's a stand-in for so many other things we're trying to achieve in our lives and so many growth projects that we that we have. If you're going to not do it just because you can't do it perfectly, then you're not even in the 
building, you know? <laughs> so mm-hmm. you might as well try and like get in the bit. Okay. Um, as we're recording this in the USA, some people got into a building that they really shouldn't be in. So t- take that into account. But normally you, you kind of want to be like in the game, I guess, to use that metaphor rather than just on the sidelines, just because you couldn't, you know, you couldn't possibly win. It's, it's that thing. It's that overcoming of a lot of things in our mind where that's you, you want to say, I want to give it point. a shot. Yeah. And that's something that I've experienced with like working out. I've this year too, um, I've, I've changed a lot of things about the way that I work out. And I had this tendency in the past, like if I can't do the whole thing, I'm not going to show up at all. <laughs> so if I can't do the whole workout, I'm, I'm not even going to bother going. And I realized that in doing that, I miss out on any exercise. So it's better for me to just do the parts of the workout that I can. So it's like maybe one day I have to skip the cardio warm up and just lift the weights. Or maybe, you know, I have to show up to, uh, Taekwondo late and leave early. And that's okay. Like I still go and I do the bulk of it and I still get a lot of benefits. And even if I miss part of it, but if I don't go at all, I don't get any of that. And then I actually set myself back. So just doing something is good and you don't have to like do the full thing. Like, and I think that's one of the issues that like, even with language learning, like, oh, if I can't sit down and study a whole chapter, I'm not going to even sit down and study. Instead, you need to think, okay, it's like, I've got, I'm just going to sit down and study as much of this chapter as I can before I have to run out the door. And if it's not the full chapter, it's not the full chapter and just be okay with that. Like you, you don't have to do the whole thing to start, just do whatever you can. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to this, this incredible lesson that is, you know, I call it incredible because I think I'm going to really carry it with me is just put in some time. Don't worry about completing something. And then, you know, it'll be complete when it's complete, which like you, I I like being a finisher. I like I love nothing more than finishing things, uh, which sometimes suits me well. Like I don't have that temptation of the new and the novelty, and I don't do the thing where uh, I will buy fifteen new textbooks because it's exciting to start one because I already feel the burden of having to finish it. So <laughs> there's upsides to it, but there's definitely downsides, which is that sometimes you don't start because you know you can't finish possibly. Um, and I love this attitude. I love this attitude of just saying, yeah, I'm not going to complete it. I'm just going to do my, do my level best and off we go. Exactly. Shannon, looking forward, what are your language learning goals for 2021? My language learning goals for 2021 are to keep doing what I'm doing, um, to focus on my focus languages, to dabble a bit with Norwegian and, to help my kids along with their Chinese. Norwegian. Okay, look, I've been I've been keeping track of the languages you have mentioned that you're learning. And uh, just for me and the listeners, and for you, <laughs> I'm going to read these out again. There's Croatian, Russian, Hungarian, Japanese. I know you're a French speaker. You haven't even mentioned French. And then there's Persian and Hebrew. And you've just thrown in Norwegian, just sort of on the offside. <laughs> What? Do you want my full list? Ah! I have to count on my fingers to do this. Uh, if it's a if it's an active list, if it's a twenty twenty one list, yeah. Uh, okay, so the languages that I will French is just a day to day thing for me. It, I operate in it as much as I do English because I've set up a lot of my 
personal uh, belongings, like even like my video game systems and a lot of the reading that I do. So that's always an active language for me. And I speak French with my son, um, in addition to Chinese. So it's just something that it's just in my life and a part of my life. Um, Chinese is also a day to day for me because again, um, with my kids and I do a lot of reading in the language. Um, so that's just kind of a given, but my active languages are, as you said, Japanese, Croatian, Russian, Persian, Hungarian, and right now I'm dabbling in Norwegian. Uh, but this year I'd also like to go back to Korean and Hebrew at different points. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this year Spanish, Italian, and German are on the table for me. Uh, Hindi's definitely not on the table for me until um, travel happens again. And uh, so that's kind of where I'm at. I've probably forgotten languages, but um, yeah, that's basically my list. Mm, excellent. So it's pretty much keep going and there doesn't have to be. And this is, again, for, for listeners who are, you know, c- taking into account how much you, Shannon, are progressing and how much you fit in there doesn't always have to be this kind of big lofty goal it is it is really about the the systems the discipline and the habits yes absolutely and then another thing too is i'm very aware that in learning so many languages my progress is actually a lot slower than it would be if i just were to say okay this year i'm just focusing on japanese and I'm going to really take my Japanese to the next level. But for me, it's more important to spend time with multiple languages. So I get that that's going to slow my progress down in each of them. But I'm happy with making that incremental slower progress and seeing them slowly improve across the board rather than like really focusing on one, getting that fast improvement and then focusing on the next one. So it's a, I guess, compromise or sacrifice, I <laughs> would even say, that I've made for in my language learning. But it's it's one that I've consciously made it's, and have thought about. Excellent. All right. So we'll finish off our interview, our review of 2020, but also are looking forward to 2021. With something I, I really love is your top three lists. So I've got three lists and I want to ask you, first of all, about your top three books. What were your favorite books last year? Okay, so my top three books were, one is actually a series. Well, they're all series. So um, Judith Mayer's Script Hacking books, they are amazing. Mm. And they were so helpful to me, especially with Hebrew and Persian. So I highly, highly recommend her books. The way that she teaches a new writing system is so helpful and so practical and I love it. So that would be my first. Yeah, that's script hacking then series that, on Teach Yourself. And yes. I'll pop all the links again, listeners, in fluent.show slash two or three. Yes. And the next is another Teach Yourself uh series. It's the complete series. Mm -hmm. I was using that for Hindi and for Persian as well. And they start out with romanization and slowly introduce you to the script. So you're not overwhelmed with not only having to learn new vocabulary and grammar in a language, but also having to learn a new writing system at the same time to understand the vocabulary and grammar. They teach it in a way that really makes sense and slowly shift you from relying on romanization to being able to just read in the language 
And so the, that series has also been really helpful to me, especially in like these languages lately that I've been learning that have new writing systems. And the third series is I've returned to Asimu. Mm. And um, I had been using other resources and not really doing course books all that much. Uh, so the Asimil book series as well has been something for me this year that's been a top tool book-wise. Excellent. Okay, so we've got, these are actually all sort of language learning resources. So usually I ask about language learning resource books. Were there any digital courses or any other resources that would come under courses that you took? Mm, uh, I didn't really do any courses this year, but um, Drops has been a great tool for me. It's something that I use every day in addition to Memorize. Um, but like I said earlier, for like the journaling and my system for figuring out what to work on next, there's two non-languagey tools that I've been using and have been amazing, and they're Notion and Todoist. And Todoist is basically a to-do list. I literally put everything in there. Like my work to-dos are there. My personal to-dos are there. And also my language learning to-dos are there. And so basically what I've done in Todoist is I have a section for each language. So for example, Hebrew. And when I come across a resource that I can't get to now or when I come across something that I need to work on, I can just list it there. And so that way I can kind of go and look at this list, see what I want to work on, see what resources I can get to next when I complete a resource that I've been working with. And it's a place for me to kind of store all of those things so they're not in my head and stressing me out. I know I'll be able to find them and go to them elsewhere. And so that's to do is and then Notion, uh again. Oh, love it. Uh I was yeah, it's just I if you haven't started using Notion, you should try it. I've literally been <laughs> an evangelist for Notion, um trying to introduce it to basically everyone because it's just been it's been so huge for me in organizing my digital life and in you know just where my notes are how my notes are taken all sorts of things it's just it's it's a very incredible powerful tool mm. i've not used i've re only recently switched slowly switched over to notion i decided to start with the one part of my life that is organized which is recording the fluent show and making the fluent show uh so i'm currently that's that's probably my achievement so far is I built a completely new dashboard for the Fluent Show and uh, can now incorporate certain things that I wasn't able to incorporate otherwise. And I really like the idea of using it for digital learning because what I do is I, I avoid digital learning basically because I don't know where to put it. <laughs> so I will, you know, I will do apps and things like that. Um, and I, I use the Language Habit Toolkit um, and I'm thinking I might even start experimenting with putting some parts of it into like a, no a Notion version, making it a template. But yes, it is, it is incredibly versatile. For a long time, I resisted it because I don't think, I don't want to ever be the person where a new system, you think a new system's going to save you. Um, but it does have, it does have some real advantages, especially if your brain is super chaotic, like mine tends to be. Now, Shannon, I know you got to go and I know we're running a little bit beyond time, but let me ask you if you can for your top one, two, three non-language related books, because you already mentioned digital minimalism and I'm curious about more. Okay. Digital minimalism is definitely one for this year. Uh, the next is Atomic Habits by James Clear, which is a fantastic book on habit setting. 
And then uh, the third book would actually probably have to be two books. And they are um, Homo Sapien and Homo Deus, which are just really fascinating commentaries on humans and what our future might look like and society and technology. And the writer is just amazing and really writes really well. It's Yuval Noah Harari. And so I would just recommend that as my next. Excellent. Well, and again, listeners, notes, uh, links to all of Shannon's resources are going to be at fluent.show slash one of two or three. Oh my God, it's episode two or three. What? We're at episode two or three. <laughs> and I want to thank you, first of all, for coming and hanging out with me at the Fluent Show once again. Yes, thank you so much for having me back. It's always a pleasure. It is. And every year there's just something new and exciting. And oh my God, we we spent the whole year nearly not talking about COVID. It's pretty good. <laughs> very, very different <laughs> to the words of the year episode that listeners will have heard last week, where we just talked about COVID, essentially. <laughs> uh, now, Shannon, not just where can people find you, but you have a new project on the go. And I really want you to take two minutes and tell our listeners about it. Thank you. Um, so the new project that I'm working on is called Language Conquer, and it's a course where each month we release a new quest. And what a quest is, is basically a theme, a language learning theme tied to your personal passions. And it's all about finding ways to tie language into your everyday life. It's not a subscription course, so each month is like its own thing, but you can join us for the year and get some pretty awesome bonuses. But for example, our first quest was all about goal setting. And uh, that was a month that I led. And it basically was about goal setting methods, goal setting systems, how to set the right kind of goals, how to set up a plan to accomplish those goals in the year. The next month is going to be on habits, which is going to be hosted by my co-host, who is Caitlin Sacassis. And she's um, she does five-minute Japanese and is also a writer over at Fluent in Three Months. And she's talking about habits. So she's talking about all of, she's a, actually a personal trainer. She's actually my personal, personal trainer. So in, you know, fitness and everything, she's got a lot of really interesting systems for building habits and for sticking with things that are in particular difficult and not always pleasant. So she's going to be going over that. And the quest idea came from the fact that we're both total nerds. She's obsessed with Star Wars. I'm obsessed with Batman and the Legend of Zelda and video games. She also likes video games. And so when you play video games, you often have like a, like a overarching quest. And that's like your progress to the game, like to complete the game. And then throughout the game, there are side quests. There are different things that you need to do to progress and level up your character. And so we call each of the month's quests because they are quests that you need to complete in this overarching arc of learning a language. And that's actually why we decided to do um, goal setting and habits as the first two months, because when you start on a quest, you need to get your map and your supplies and your weapons to be able to like fight the bad guys and get through, you know, the different levels. And so the goal setting is your map that you need to find. And then your habits are your weapons, um, for tackling the rest. But we are covering a lot of fun topics. Like this year, one of the ones that I'm doing is on mindfulness and language learning. And, 
Uh, I'm also doing one on food and language learning and different ways that food can tie into your language studies, everything from cooking in the languages to visiting restaurants where you can speak the language, um, all sorts of different things. And so we're sharing how to do this and not have to worry about finding time for language learning, but actually making language learning a part of your life. Wonderful. And you can find more about that at languageconqueror.com. That's it, <laughs> languageconqueror.com. If you sign up, you can get a discount using my code because Shannon issued me a code. So this is probably a good time to tell everybody about it. If I may, Shannon? Of course. Yeah. Okay. So save yourself some money. Get Language Conqueror. If you choose, you can sign up, I believe, for the year or you can sign up for a monthly quest on a kind of recurring basis. And this is, <laughs> please just shout and correct me if I'm wrong. And the code is Fluent Lang. So it's F-L-U-E-N-T, the word fluent, and then L-A-N-G. So Fluent Lang without the U-I-N-G. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you type that into the coupon box you get yourself get yourself a little deal so please go ahead and if you're interested and i believe that particularly for the people who really like the i love the quest aspect i love the the language you're using around the video game stuff but you are one of the most organized and productive and systems kind of setter up uh, people I know and if you if you're running a thing together with a personal trainer I think people are in excellent hands so listeners please do check out language conqueror if that sounds like your kind of thing Ashan, I'm going to tell you, yes, you one last fun story that I haven't actually shared on the podcast and then we're going to sign off and I don't know, listeners skip into the sunset until next week <laughs> which is did you know I'm I'm currently obviously in a in a Welsh class and before Christmas I attended a Welsh cookery class on Zoom which was taught from Argentina. That's exciting. From Patagonia where there is a, a small Welsh speaking area. So they actually found the found people from out there and they taught us how to make a an Patagonian style Christmas cake in Welsh from That's Argentina. So Isn't that amazing? Had it how did it taste? I don't know because I just watched people making it. I didn't make my own Ugh. because we're not because of COVID. We're not going into the shops to buy ingredients, so we're, we're getting everything delivered, which means everything I, I want to buy, I have to buy two weeks in advance. So I didn't have the ingredients. I didn't make the actual thing. I did make a stollen so at some point later, but not in Welsh. <laughs> You'll have to create a Welsh recipe for stollen. Oh yes, yes, I have followed. Welsh recipes for seaweed scones. They're amazing. And I followed Welsh recipes for biscotti. And they were also lovely. So I'll dig those out and then maybe I'll send them to you. And then you can learn Welsh. Oh, I finally awesome. get you into learning Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I learned a Celtic language, it'd be Breton, but who knows? Ooh, we can, you know what? We can do the both of them together. So anyway, listeners. Language Conqueror is where, or you just search for Language Conqueror and you will find Shannon, or is it languageconqueror.com? Languageconqueror.com, yeah. Languageconqueror.com. You can save yourself some money using the code FLUENTLANG. And don't forget to check out our show notes. I'll put the link in the show notes as well for everybody's convenience, fluent.show slash 203. Now, it is goodbye from me for this week and goodbye from my wonderful guest and friend, Shannon Kennedy. Goodbye. 
Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting the show by leaving a review in your podcast app or even becoming a member of our Patreon community where our supporter perks include a secret feed full of added show notes and a VIP option where you can get priority answers to your listener questions on the podcast. Don't forget that you can send us your language questions and feedback to hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk or find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show or Instagram hashtag The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you and read every message and review. See you next week.